That's my okay. So my intro don't want to work too work right now, but it is okay. What's up? What's up? What's up, Queens? I am your host, Shatoya Perry. Welcome to Queen. You were built for this, the podcast. Today, as you can see, we have some guests. We have Ms. Danielle Arbutina. If I'm a, am I pronouncing that right? Thank yeah, you. Perfect. Awesome. And we have Tatiana Bradley with us today. We're going to be talking about self-sabotage today, you all. So we have an awesome, awesome, awesome topic in store for you all today. You know that when I come, we have an awesome topic. We have background scriptures. We have things like that. But today I wanted to do it just a little bit different. So we have a licensed um psychologist with us that's miss danielle and then we have a life coach with us today that's miss tatiana and we're going to be getting some real life help um how can we find the cues to look for how do we identify the patterns within ourselves and actually finding out what is self-sabotage what does it mean what does it look like what does it do how does it affect us and how does it affect us in the body of christ because that's really important if we want to continue on and what God has for us to do. So I want to start with Tatiana. So I did give them a few cues to kind of go on. But as we know, we also use, um, we make room for the Holy Spirit. So I don't like to be like a lot of other podcasts. It's pretty much informal. We do have a live audience. So there will be people who are going to make leave comments. And I will mention those comments as they pop up. And we'll just go from there and allow God to use us. Have a good time and inform everyone. Amen. Amen. So Ms. Tatiana, from your perspective... As a life coach, what is self-sabotage? What does that look like? So the simplest way that um, I can put it is any type of behavior, whether it's knowing or unknowingly, that we, um, we, we, whether it's think, we act, we do, that puts us in a situation that causes us to have a hindrance in our success, that um, it blocks us from our growth, from our elevation, and from being able to move forward. And a lot of times, it is not a one-time thing. It comes in cycles. It's a, a repetitive thing that happens. So, yeah. So I'm um and then I'm gonna be very transparent. I've had multiple different moments where I've dealt with self-sabotage. So um long time ago, I deal with self-sabotage and a level of self-harm. This was about I wanna say maybe 10 years ago now. So thank God I've I've healed, I've been delivered from that particular aspect, but now I'm finding the other little areas that I deal with self-sabotage in. So, and I do have a few notes. I looked up some stuff so that I can be informed too. So Tatiana is absolutely right. Self-sabotage is a self-destructive behavior that leads to negative outcomes for oneself. And it can manifest itself in many different forms. So one of them I talked about is self-harm. 
And self-harm is anything that you do that cause yourself harm, whether it's scratching yourself, biting yourself, hitting yourself, actually trying to take your life, whether it be by form of pills or anything like that, that is self-harm. You have self um, career self-sabotage, mm-hmm. um, which I did not actually know too much about that one, but that's a form of work-related self-sabotage. So missing an interview, <laughs> you know you apply for the job, but then you don't want to go and then you don't want to go to the interview. Or you use excuses as to why you can't get to the interview. It could be something as simple as not asking somebody if you could get a ride ahead of time. You knew when you set the appointment for the interview um, or making sure you don't have bus fare, whatever excuse that you can think of as to why I can't make this interview after I've made the interview. Um, Refusing a promotion or suddenly quitting jobs. Those are different um, methods that fall under career self-sabotage self-destruction of relationships. And a lot of us probably don't even look at self-sabotage on the level of self-destruction of relationships. Um, It could be because you've never had an adult relationship or you look on a level of the relations that you had as a child. And so you're not well informed about how that looks as an adult in relationships. And then you have self-destruction of health. So there are many different ways that we can self-sabotage. And we're just going to talk about, um, I want to ask Ms. Danielle, what are the ways that um, that you most have seen? I think if that was one of the questions that I asked you, I think. What are, what are one of the ones that you see, I guess, the most of the time when you're working? And of course, yeah. without giving too much away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, there's there's probably three main ones that I see probably that are most prevalent in the work that I do. And um, self-medicating is certainly one of them um, through addiction. Um, addiction is definitely probably one of the highest and top types of self-sabotage that we see, um, you know, layered in so many different wounds. Um Right. Procrastination is definitely one of the top ways that we self-sabotage. Um, and the third highest is probably or the third most common that I see is probably perfectionism. Um, you know, people not even starting um, a project or not even starting a business or not starting to write that book, whatever that whatever that might look like, because they think that they have to have it all figured out before they even get started, um, even before they get started on a project. So those are probably the, the top three that I've seen self-sabotage play out in um, in the work that I do. Of course, there's there's so many ways that we can self-sabotage and, and that I see, but I would say addiction, procrastination, and perfectionism are, are probably ranked pretty, pretty high on, on the list. And can I be transparent um, mm-hmm. of course. for a moment? Um, I'm shaking my head. I'm agreeing, agreeing because um, I have dealt with all three of those collectively. <laughs> so my addiction actually uh, was to certain foods. And as a diabetic, that's self-sabotage because I want to see improvement in my health and my healing. 
but um, I'm holding on to these things that I feel like are a comfort to me. Like, for example, Diet Pepsi was big. Like, um, I didn't oh, drink yeah. alcohol. So for me, I would tell people Diet Pepsi is like having a shot of liquor. When, when I'm stressed, I go to Diet Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Right. I, you know, um, yeah. and then the perfectionism and the procrastination. So the perfectionism will cause me to procrastinate because I'm like, everything has to be perfect before I start. And even even if I got things to where I thought it was perfect and then I would start, then I would procrastinate about finishing. So I thought it was the perfectionism. I'm not a procrastinator. Everything has to be right. But then when I would get started, I would stop in the middle of the project I have everything set up. I have everything, but I will procrastinate about finishing because the two went hand to hand with me where, what if it's not perfect when I get done? What if it's not just right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and a lot of times people who deal with these forms of self-sabotage, they are overthinkers and they will talk themselves. Mm-hmm. Out of things. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like, oh no, is this, is this, is this? And they will talk themselves right out of it to, to disagree with everything you're saying that is saying is right to convince themselves that it's wrong. And Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. like, I, I, you can make every excuse for yourself and justify it when you deal with, with that. Um, mm-hmm. except realizing it's self-sabotage because there's no way because you're a perfectionist how could I want everything <laughs> right. right why would I sabotage when I, I I move in excellence and perfection and this and that and so you're you lie to yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> you lie to yeah. yourself yeah and and the thing about self-sabotage you know you're absolutely right is that you know it doesn't discriminate Virtually every, you know, virtually every human being at some point will will engage in some form of a sabotaging behavior, unfortunately. Um, you know, whether it's related to self-doubt, whether it's related to a fear of success, a fear of failing, um, whether it's related to abandonment, mm-hmm. having a fear of rejection. As you know, mm-hmm. as ladies, we can I know I can relate. I can relate to many of those, right? Where we we feel that sense of rejection and we're automatically like, oh, no, I don't I don't want to be a part of that because, you know, it's going to just reignite or resurface all that pain that I don't I don't want to you know, I don't want to have happen again in my life. And so you tend to avoid situations yes. that, that can actually progress us and move us forward. And, you know, it can be so debilitating for for the goals that we have for ourselves. And, you know, it's just oftentimes it, it doesn't discriminate. It, 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 it hinders any of us. It, it definitely doesn't discriminate at all. It does not care. Um, so um, a few of our comments, um, just really quickly, um, Lady T is in the comments. She said that um, just speaking on self-harm and the types of self-harm is that any type of violence towards yourself is self-harm. So if anybody who did not know that any type of anything that you feel would cause yourself harm or any type of violent connotation that you have towards yourself would classify as self-harm, which would then yeah. fall under self-sabotage. <laughs> and then she was saying that she um, addiction that she did not know that that was a form of self-sabotage. So and then she said, thank you. 
for being open as well. So, and I don't like to, um, I like for my um, audience to feel like they're a part of the show. I think that's one of the things that kind of makes yes. it different. So, and everyone else, please don't be afraid to comment. Um, if you don't, if you, this is a safe place. Yes, it's a podcast and yes, it's going to be heard, but it's also a safe place. So you do not have to fear any judgment here because this is not the place for judgment. This is a place for growth, for love, for um, healing. Okay. So that's what this place is. And, and this is a place where you're able to get help if that's what you're seeking. And if it's just for you to get some understanding so that you can make an informed decision later, then that's also what this space is here for. So um, one of the scriptures that I wanted to talk about first um, is because one of the things is I know that some people, and especially for me, when I first started um, coming to God, coming to church, learning and trying to find where do you find certain things in the Bible? Um, so one self-sabotage, you won't men- you won't find it mentioned directly in the Bible when you're trying to find scriptures to help you deal with it. So what you'll find is scriptures on your way of thinking. So one of the first scriptures is Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So it said that this verse emphasizes the power of thoughts in shaping our reality and highlighting the the importance of positive self-talk and avoiding negative self-sabotaging thoughts. So a lot of times we'll find ourselves in this realm of not necessarily believing that we are self-sabotaging, but we do notice moments where we don't think so wonderful about ourselves, where we think a little less than we probably should of ourselves. And another verse is the Bible says that we are not to think more highly than we ought to think, but that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to think of ourselves as loved, as blessed, as beautiful, as charming, um, as gorgeous, or any of those things, because we can. The Bible just, God just doesn't want us to be vain in our thinking towards ourselves, Mm -hmm. but he wants us to understand that we are the apple of his eye. And one of the reasons why we self-sabotage is because we don't think that way of ourselves. We don't see ourselves as beautiful. We don't see ourselves as loved. We don't see ourselves as being able to be redeemed or any of those other aspects that could come from that. I know for myself, her Personally, I dealt with self-condemnation a lot. And on the spiritual aspect of it, that is a level of self-sabotage, but to your spiritual self. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't think about on the level of how it deals, how we might say, oh, I'm not dealing with self-sabotage on a level of the natural or the physical sense, but you do, you could possibly deal with self-sabotage a lot on the spiritual level. Um, so, um, does anyone have any um, thought of how does that how how does how does that look or how does and I mean I can only go from my personal from my personal experience of of learning and of it being revealed to me that that's a level of self-sabotage. And I do thank my session with Miss mm-hmm. Dandy for that because I would have, 
I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed it unless I actually had that moment to actually sit down with somebody and have them be able to give me from a different perspective of of just what I could see. Because we're looking at things from one lens because it's us. But when you're able to have sisters or have God send you people that are going to help you break that down and so that you can see it from a different perspective and to learn how, well, first you have to be open to learn. That's that's one of the biggest things. You have to be open to learn and you have to be open to learn what God says about you and how he sees you. So one of the things was me for me was not, um, necessarily believing what God said about me. Like, and that's okay, a big set for a lot head. of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, you said on the head and not the tail, but okay, like, what does that actually mean? You said that I'm the apple. Like, what does it mean to be the apple of your eye? What does it mean to be, to like, what, is, what does it mean to be a royal priesthood to mean that you are a queen or you're, you know, you or you're this this person in God's eye, it means that he loved you so much that in spite of everything that's going on, he doesn't care about the mistakes that you've made. Everybody make mistakes. Everybody sin and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone. There's not one single person on this earth that has lived or a person on this earth that's going to live that is not going to fall short of his glory. That's not so- going to happen. One thing that I like to share with individuals who um, do not feel like they are worthy of God's love or they can't see themselves through the the eyes of God and what God is saying about them. I tell them, I said, that one thing that we always hear and we hear people say that God is all knowing. Mm -hmm. And, And Jeremiah, he said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And if God knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb, but yet he still died on the cross for us. He shed blood. He sacrificed. He paid the ransom for us. Even though he knew we would make the decisions that we made, even though he knew it would be people out here that still did not choose him just to give them the opportunity that if they ever turned their face towards him, that it was available. And I say, so if God knew all of these things that before you were born, that you would go through, you would deal with the the, the family you come from, um, um, the decisions you would make, you know, even if you knew it was a bad decision and you still make, God knew all of this and he still said, I love you enough that I'm going to do this long before you make these decisions, just so when you're ready, you can come to me. And I try to remind them of that, that um, the reason why it's so hard to understand that is because we try to compare the love of people to Mm -hmm. the love of God. And people will sometimes when, you know, they can love us, but if we make them mad, they don't want to talk to us for, you know, a few days, a week, or sometimes longer, you know, if if we do the wrong thing or, oh, my cutoff game is 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 crazy like i i like i don't know you know you know we hear these things you know um and these behaviors and we don't understand agape love the love of christ 
because we begin to seek love from those that are around us. But I want to always want to remind people when you connect with your first love, which is God, and you have an understanding of what love is, one, you you learn to love yourself, and two, you demand those boundaries to be met to where you no longer allow people to come around that can project self-sabotage on you because they plant things into you. So they tell you you're not worthy. They tell you mm-hmm. you're this, and you begin to believe it because you allow them to plant the seed and you never reject it. And then it begins to root. And so now you're behaving in a way because you're starting to believe these things. But once you can fall That's in love yeah. with your first love. I just want to piggyback off of that because, you know, the things that we say to ourselves, um, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm undeserving. Um, I, I can't possibly do that. I'm, I'm ill-equipped. You know, it, it takes on this perspective that God created some flawed you know, individual when God absolutely created us fully equipped for every purpose that he has in mind for us. And yet what we often do is because of the wounds that we've experienced in our lives, you know, that happened early on in our lives, we continue to play out those wounds by saying that we're unworthy, by saying we're not good enough, by saying I can't do that, or I'm not good enough to do that. And by, by, repeating those by repeating those limiting beliefs and those negative beliefs. And we create these, you know, these self-inflicted rules of, well, I can't do that because I'm, I'm, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to, it's not going to be perfect if I, you know, if I move forward at this point, you know, and we create these rules for ourselves that actually end up not fulfilling God's purpose for us and in what we were truly created for. And if we look through the lens of how God sees us and recognize how God made us, you know, piggybacking off of what both of you ladies are saying is that, you know, we have to be in alignment with our thinking needs to be in alignment with God's truth and about what we were made for. And one of my leaders, one of my leaders used to say, we have to get rid of our stinking thinking. And um, I, I like that because it's like, um, when you think about something that stinks, no one wants to be around something that stinks. It's, it, it immediately is a, mm. and so if we think about our mindset and the negativity that we feed ourselves, it's, it's, a, it's a stench to our spirit. To mm-hmm. our our steam, and mm-hmm. it causes us to fuse our identity with this false identity. Mm-hmm. And once we begin to fuse that, we no longer know who we truly are. And now we're afraid to separate because without these things, who am I? Who who am I? And as you were saying about knowing who we are in God, I think it starts there. I think it starts with learning scriptures that even if you're not at a place that you believe it yet it's like medicine you keep taking what do the doctors tell you continue to take your medicine even when you're feeling better 
even when the symptoms go away, that yeah. you complete the dose. So a lot of times we take these scriptures and we we read it and it's like, okay, I feel better now. But then that spirit comes right back to attack us because we didn't continue to take the dose and it should be a daily dose. And so um, it's one of those things. And I'm speaking from experience. I'm just, I, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying this in a sense, oh, I noticed this and noticed that. I'm going to only speak from firsthand That's experience right. where mm-hmm. I didn't believe. I came from a traumatic childhood. I was physically abused, emotionally, verbally, and sexually abused. And so um, for the longest, and this is my first time actually sharing this on an open platform, about um, being sexually abused um and and thank you holy spirit i'm just being obedient um so what happened is from a young age it was a family member that that it started with and then um it went on for a while i was afraid to say something and when i did say something i was not protected by those who should have protected me nothing was done about it and as a matter of fact the a narrative was painted to the rest of the family that she's a liar so now i began to feel like i'm not worthy of protection i'm not worthy of being protected in that manner i i don't have right to my body if someone wants to do something to my body they have the right to do it and i don't have a right to protect myself and if you know those who are supposed to love me my parents who are supposed to protect me or, or won't do it, then I'm not worthy of it. And so I begin to infuse this identity with it. And, oh, that's a family member. So maybe that's what love looks like. So now I'm dealing with this. I don't know who I am. I'm confused. Um, I'm dealing with low self-esteem. I don't know who I am. And I want to feel love. So what's the first thing that I do? I allow myself to be in a situation with a man who is all he's interested is the the physical Mm -hmm. and so even though in my mind i know it's not love in that temporary moment it feels like love because this is what happened from someone who's supposed to love me and even though i really don't want to do this I, I just want enough of this to feel love, but I don't want to go all the way. But now I've put myself in the situation where we're getting ready to go all the way. And I'm afraid to say no, because I don't have a right to say no. I don't have a right to protect myself. I don't have a, I don't, I, 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 I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. And so I will begin to self-sabotage in this area where I would continue to allow myself to be in these situations that I knew would lead up to this, knowing I didn't want it, knowing that during the whole act of the things I'm praying, please let it hurry up and be over with. Let it be done. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this, but I'm continuing to do it because I've adopted an identity that was never meant for me to adopt. And so um, sometimes we have to step back and say, God, you created me, even though I don't feel like I'm this person that you say I am, even though 
right now I may not look like it, even though I may have not been treated like this in the past because you are all knowing almighty and you are God and you are the creator of me. I'm going to trust what you say above all else because no one is going to, if Steve Jobs was still alive, call him and tell him, oh, when you created Apple, it was created to do X, Y, Z. I'm the creator. How are you going to tell me what it was created for? So if we can take on this mindset with God, it does not matter what anybody else is saying, even myself. I'm going to trust you as the creator. And as I'm trusting you, God, continue to show me, continue to take all of the things that I've adopted, that I've married, right. and, and help me to divorce it. Yes. Like a divorce. Yeah. I got I got to divorce this. Mm -hmm. I can't marry you and what you say about me if I don't first divorce the things that are a contraindication to the things you're saying about me. Mm -hmm. And it was a long process for me to get to that point. And it was a scary thing because mm -hmm. when you get to that point, you have to know that the enemy is going to come even harder to try to put you back in that place because it likes you in that place because it can take advantage of you in that place and yeah. you will not answer the call to your destiny when you're in that place. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to add to that in saying, you know, in in the first part of Galatians 5, 16, it says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And one thing that we need to know about self-sabotaging is that when we are self-sabotaging, it is entirely ego-driven. It's driven by our need to control. It's driven by our need to manage wounds. It's meant for a need for familiarity, for um, a need for comfortability. And yeah, so our yeah. ego is very prone to wanting to be comfortable. It's very prone to wanting to be geared towards what's familiar for us. Um, and so, but when, but when we transition how we live our lives and who we're guided by, that can be a huge transition for how we, how we live. So for example, if we go by the first part of Galatians 5, 16 and let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, I know for me, when I started tapping, really, really, truly tapping into the Holy Spirit and recognizing how he is trying to speak to me. And how it's trying, he's trying to work through me in my life. That's when I started recognizing that, wow, this totally goes against being comfortable sometimes. It totally <laughs> goes against, you know, being familiar with things in my life. It's actually having me jump into the unfamiliar territory yes. of, of, of life, right? And so one of the one of the key pieces, in my opinion, to overcoming self-sabotage is learning to be guided by the spirit, because the spirit will not guide you wrong. The spirit yes. will not guide you towards self-harm. Yes. The spirit will not tell you that you are not good enough. The spirit mm -hmm. will not will not put pieces um, pieces in you that says you are too wounded for grace. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's one of the key points that I just want to really, really put across to, to everyone out there is that, you know, learn to be guided by the spirit and then you will be aligned fully with what God wants for you. And you don't have to be, um, you don't have to be perfect. I, I mean, in the Bible, the rocks cried out. 
you know, the rocks cried out when the people would not. And so I always tell people, I, I can no longer live in the mindset of perfection because then that puts me in a place where I miss it. And I'll be dang if the rocks are going to cry out for me because I missed it, you know? Um, and so when we talk about, um, moving towards that, I want to also add is sometimes we got to change our surroundings and the people that are around us. Because if you are um, around other people who are either self-sabotaging within themselves, um, sometimes it makes it harder for you to break out of that because that those familiar spirits and it's going to make you feel okay in your self-sabotage and that is nothing wrong with that and that's normal they're going to normalize it and desensitize you to the fact that no this is not of god and then uh, other or you might deal with the other end of it where a person is dealing with self-sabotage and they see you're breaking free and they're angry because they no longer have someone to relate to Mm -hmm. and 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 the, their self sabotage understands that it's for the better, but I'm not ready for that. And how dare you do that without me? And so sometimes you have to because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So you want to be around people that's going to continue to feed your spirit with the Word of God is saying um, okay, concerning so you. People who will be able to hold you accountable. When you start to slip back and say, no, no, no pity parties, no woe is me, because guess what? Even though you are in this place, we're going to repent. We're going to pull mm-hmm. our hands up. We're going to dry our face and we're going to get back on Repenting it. Because guess what? You key. did not fail. You may, um, uh, okay. as far so. as F-A-I-L, you may have uh, fallen temporarily, but you did not F-A-I-L. So come on, let's get back to it. You know, let's keep going. Someone that is going to push you. And sometimes when you push are stuck in self-sabotage, you don't want to be around people like that. It's like you said, Danielle, it's that um, that coming out of our comfort zone. We don't want to come out of our comfort zone. You know, that pressure and it's like, oh God, I'm, I'm being stretched and I don't like how this feels. But when you get right. to a place of understanding on the other side of being stretched, it feels so good. You will learn to love it. It's kind of like when you go to the okay. gym the, for the first few times, it doesn't feel good. But when you start seeing those results, you're going to love going to the gym and how it makes you feel when you're being, when you're stretching and you're working out and you're going, pu- pushing your limits because you're going to know is getting those results that you are looking that's ahead. And so if we can think about on the spiritual side, building our spiritual muscles, building, Mm -hmm. it never feels good when we first get in the gym, but don't go in the gym and then leave and take a three, four month break. Cause you, you're starting all the way over keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. You will eventually see results. Get some workout buddies, some spiritual workout buddies to keep you motivated and keep pushing. And before you know it, your spiritual muscles, your strength will be greater than what it was. And you're going to love it. You're going to be able to embrace. I love that. 
because it also helps you to to have accountability as well. It 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 forms uh, accountability relationships, and it, it does definitely help to have people to help you hold yourself accountable to a higher standard as well. So I do have um, two questions in the chat. One for Danielle: How does one recognize that they are doing self-sabotaging behavior? That's a really, really, really good question, and. One of one of the really um, easy one of the easier ways to start recognizing it is to start journaling your thoughts. Um, if you start mm -hmm. to journal your thoughts on a daily basis, what you're going to be able to recognize, and even when um, just when a thought comes to mind, just write it down wherever you are. It doesn't need to be in a journal, um, but start to 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 journal out some of those thoughts that you're having. And then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to read through those thoughts again. And what you're going to recognize is you're going to recognize patterns. And you want to ask yourself a very, very simple question is these thoughts that I have written down, are these empowering me or are they limiting me or are they hindering me? And I want you to just put a little note next to each thought. And I want you to put like, if it's empowering, put an E next to it. If it's limiting you, put a little L next to it. And then what I want you to do is when you look at those that have empowered you, I want you to try to remember, okay, what experience was I having when I had this empowering thought? Or what experience was I having when I had this limiting thought? So mm -hmm. for example, you're going to over time, once you keep journaling this way, you're going to recognize, oh, wow, I seem to have these thoughts, these limiting thoughts a lot, these L thoughts come up when in my relationships. It doesn't happen so much at work, and I don't seem to have these limiting thoughts when it comes to my career and my job, but when it comes to relationships, I'm noticing that I'm, I'm always thinking that I'm going to fail, or I'm not good enough, or what if, what if he leaves me, or you know these, these thoughts that can be like related to rejection, abandonment, fear. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a really, really quick and easy way that you can really just start to explore how you're thinking in certain situations. Um, that's that's something that you can start today. And if you track it even just for seven days, that's a really awesome way of really just getting started on understanding, hey, could I be self-sabotaging? Because your thoughts are going to create your actions. OK, so if you recognize the thoughts first then you're going to be able to recognize, ooh, these are the thoughts that are leading these types of behaviors. You can also do the same thing in terms of looking at your actions and asking if those actions are actually pushing you towards your goals or are these actions pulling you away from your goals? So that's another way of simply journaling those things out that will help you to become direct, come to recognize um, self-sabotaging actions in your life. And also yeah. your lack of actions too, because sometimes it's not what we're doing is what we're not yeah. doing that can hold us back mm -hmm. as, as well. I want yeah. I, I I love that idea, and I want to add something to that because it's so important to get to the root, right? So uh, this writing this out, this is a great idea, and and um and seeing the root of where the sabotage is coming from in the sense of how you say it may not be at work, it may not be here, but in my relationships or when it comes to this, or if it's a situation that relates to feeling rejected, 
But I also want to add something that you can add on to that. Um, you know, the little clickers that you, you, you buy and you just click. Some people use it when they're sewing, not sewing, when they're crocheting the clickers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want um, something else that you can do is, and I like to do this in a sense of when I'm so, so busy in the day, I, I, every time that I remember to stop and give God praise or to speak into my own life, I click and it just shows me um with everything that's going on what am i speaking out of my mouth and if i got all of these things in a day that's coming at me that is challenging me and i've only hit this clicker two or three times out of the the 12 or more hours that i've been faced with these things whoa so if we can say hey how many times did i counter at these thoughts and these things of negativity of self-sabotage with something positive and we begin to weigh it so i'm looking in this journal and when i start off it, it may have been a lot of things that have not been empowering in there but now when i'm looking as i continue consistently my clicker is starting to outnumber these things i'm now writing in my journal so that you can see progress because sometimes we don't feel it right away but it gives you that visual to say i'm making progress and to encourage yourself because you you know we we all been there where it's like i know i got to keep doing this and we feel like there's no progress and to someone Mm -hmm. else to be like no i noticed this i noticed that this is a way you can keep track of this to say okay i I, I, I in my book, and I'm gonna be honest, because coming from so much trauma, I can be in a sit when before I was delivered, I would be so excited and happy with what's going on in my life, and it will only last for a split second because I was not used to that, and I would have these thoughts that will immediately shift how I feel. I was no longer happy. I was no longer in joy. I, it, it brought me back down. And so I had to be in a place to where, nope, every time that comes, let me do this. Let me, let me think this. Let me think positive. Let me stay in this moment of this so that the happy thoughts, the thoughts of joy can outweigh because you're never going to completely get rid of negative thoughts. You're never going to completely what you do is you stop it when it comes to you and you say, I'm making the choice to counteract it with the positivity. And so I love what you're doing because I'm going to start doing that because as I'm in this new, um, this new journey that God has brought me in, I find myself sometimes dealing with thoughts that are like, okay, I'm doubting, I'm this, I'm that. And it doesn't encourage me. It's not empowering, as you say. And so I had already started doing the clicker as far as speaking life into. But now I have something with the idea you've given me where I can weigh it out and say, okay, I thought I was doing good with this clicker. But based off my journal, I need to I need to step it up (laughs) a little bit more because um, I, I. you know, today was, was tough. I, you know, I, and, and then even looking at it and say, okay, at the end of the night, let me repent. 
for speaking all of these things and thinking all of these things over my life. And let me ask God to help me in these areas. And these are the areas that God, I need you to show me me according to you. Um, and I see that I don't struggle in these areas. And so I'm praying in areas that I'm not even affected in negatively. And I can focus over here where the root of it is instead of the symptoms, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So um, the next question is, it's going to be for Tatiana is, as a life coach, how do you approach self-sabotage as a topic of behavior that someone you are coaching is experienced? I think that's what she was asking. Them. Okay. So um, as a life coach in general, when people come to me, most of the time they come with me with, with the, these things they think are the problem. They're like, oh, this is an issue and I want to work on this. I want to work on that. So my goal is to ask questions to dig deeper into, well, why do you think this is a problem? Well, what, what, how do you feel about this? Is it because someone, you know, um, someone else doesn't approve or is it because of this or because I ask these questions that leads towards the root. So when I see a self-sabotage, so then we go into these questions that I ask and I don't want to tell them this is what it is. I want them to come to a self-revelation. So I have to ask these questions that lead to get them thinking to recognize what is going on in their life. What is the pattern? What is the routine? Sometimes you're dealing with an anniversary demon that you can go all year without self-sabotaging in the same time of year or the same every time you are in a certain situation now here it comes and so i that self-revelation because when someone else is telling you this is what it is and you deal with self-sabotage a lot of times you're going to reject it when it starts to pull the work starts to pull you out of the comfort zone and like no, they don't understand or no, I, you know, that's not what it is. So when you can ask these questions and get them thinking and speak out of their own mouth, right. first is recognition. You said that in the beginning, which is why it's recognition. You have to recognize and then you have to be able to confess so that you can repent and so that you can say, oh, wow. Okay. Now, what do I do from here? And so that's how I like to approach it um, going forward, because sometimes people want you to do the work for them. And if they're not putting the work in as far as what ends up happening is we I may say, hey, I recognize self-sabotage here. And these are some things that you can do. But what happens? That thing transfers from that area of their life to another area of their life where they're self-sabotaging someone else because they're not recognizing these patterns, what led up to them, how they got there, what they need to do. They're, that critical thinking that gets them to the place of self, you know, uh, re, uh, revela revelation, revelation of, so of, of what it is. And so that's an approach that I love to take so that, um, I'm giving them tools that they can use even when they're not being coached. Awesome. 
Okay, really quickly, because I know that you have somewhere that you have to be, um, get ready to go to, Tatiana. So I don't want to, um, so let me um, pose this um, question really quickly and then and so you can get ready. So, um, because that's mommy extraordinaire over here. Um, <laughs> so, um, and everybody that's listening, please excuse the delay. It's being a, um, just a little bit weird, but we going through with grace. Um, okay. So one of the things I wanted to ask was, um, and if it's any, if it is in any way, and it could also not be any way, but I'm almost a hundred percent sure that it is, that it does play a part in it. But how does guilt and shame come into play? Oh, guilt and shame is a big part of um, when you deal with guilt and you deal with shame. That's where what we talked about earlier of not feeling worthy. Mm-hmm. And so you won't allow yourself to be happy. You won't allow yourself to succeed. You won't allow. And even when it comes your way, you will sometimes people will be like, oh, you're so humble. But it's a false humility be- because of guilt and shame to say, I don't deserve this. So I'm, oh, no, oh, no. You won't let people compliment you. You won't let people praise you. You won't let in a sense of great job, you know, and you did this. and and to recognize your achievements you will downplay everything and stay in that you will know you are um over eligible for the promotion and will not go for it because you feel like you don't deserve it and somebody else does you will and a, a lot of it is because guilt and shame will put us in a place to where we feel like we don't deserve, we're not worthy. I've done X, Y, Z, and I deserve to be punished. And I'm going mm-hmm. to take my punishment humbly. And I, I know what I did. I know what I didn't do where I should have done. And so I'm just going to take, I'm going to put my big girl panties on and take it. But if we've repented, and God has already redeemed us and he has forgiven us and it's in the sea of forgetfulness and God, he, God doesn't come to condemn. Right. He doesn't condemn us. And so um, that's a lie from the enemy. And so we will, that, that is a huge part of self sabotage um, that the enemy gets us to that place by feeding us in our ear and trying to, keep his foot on our neck about something that God is like, what are you talking about? I, you, I, he didn't forgave and forgot it. So he don't even know what you're talking about anymore. And you're right. still holding on to it. Um, because, and, and sometimes the, the voice of the enemy can come through a person, which goes back to sometimes you got to cut some folks out <laughs> right. because they are reminding you of who you were back then when you didn't know who you are in God's eyes, when we're trying to learn who we are in God's eyes and, and even guilt and shame will stop us from that as well. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate um, that I see that. I see that a lot more than anything else. The self-sabotage coming because the, the one thing people say a lot is you, you don't understand you, you, 
you don't know. You just don't know where I come from. You don't, you don't know. You know, I get it. Maybe it's, it's easy for you and God is blessing you, but God not going to use me this way or that way. Or, you know, I didn't done, done some things and I'm like, uh, excuse me, Moses was a murderer. Uh, the apostle Paul, before he became the apostle Paul was killing Christians mm-hmm. and God called him, you know, King David was an adulterer. So yeah. uh, he, you know, and, and not only did he sleep with Bathsheba, but when she got pregnant, he sent her husband to, to war on to a be front killed. line to be killed. Mm-hmm. So on purpose. God, and mm-hmm. it said that God loved David because he was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. So these are the things that um, it's sad to see that people can't even get to these scriptures because some of them, the guilt won't even let them open up the word of God and read it because they feel like they don't even deserve to be fed the word of God as well. You know, so yeah, that that one I take a little bit more personally when I deal with people with that because um, it's like everyone can have moved on and you have you got your own foot on your neck and when you are your own worst critic and you are you won't let your yourself breathe that is a a very 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 hard place to be in yeah you know and so it's almost like you're putting yourself in a stray jacket chaining it up and suffocating yourself and you don't want to die but you're saying i i i I, I just have to take this. I have to die a slow death and and, and deal with it. And so um, that one, yeah, it hits, it, that, it hurts yeah. my heart. Yeah. To, to see that. Cause that also brings me back to that, that topic of self-condemnation mm-hmm. and the Bible says for now, there is no condemnation for those who have accepted Jesus. So if you have accepted Jesus, the 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 awesome yes. and glorious thing about this is is that one, you're no longer under the law. So self-condemnation, self-condemnation, self-sabotage, self-harm, guilt, shame, all of that, we're gonna put that under the law, right? And we're just gonna toss that over there because that does not apply anymore. That okay. that's no longer a Lord over us or anything like that. So one of the scriptures that I want uh, um, that I'm going to mention, and then I want to start kind of talking about some of the steps that we can take to to um, stop to stop it to 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 just say, you know what? Yeah, we're, these are the steps that we're going to take to move past. Self con um self sabotage self condemnation because they all kind of tie in together. You have one that's on the natural side, and you have the other one that kind of deals more with the spiritual side. And so, Philippians chapter four and eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue 
whatsoever in those things. If there be any praise, think on these things. Yes. This is how you stop the negative thoughts in their tracks. While it is going to be a process, everything that we have talked about from identifying, um, finding our identity in Christ, embracing who we are in Christ, um, letting go of our insecurities. These are the different topics that we've had on this show. And all of these are going to have a similar theme. And that similar thing is, is that one subject, call your thoughts under subjection of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know how, you can ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask God to teach you how to do that. What does that look like for you personally? Because it's a personal relationship with him. So he's going to identify and help each one of us differently. We may may have similarities and similarities aren't bad, but everything is going to have a different take because how God handles each sheep is differently from the entire flock. So he has ways that he deals with the whole flock. And that's when we're at church and we have a corporate type of setting, but then you have that individual. And so in that individual, it's okay to ask God. It's okay to be honest with God and say, God, I don't understand. I know that these feelings that I have towards myself are not good. So one, when we're talking about that recognition again, which is, I recognize that this this is not right. This does not line up with your word whatsoever. And when you understand that God doesn't go against himself, so which means the things that he speaks towards you is not going to look how your thoughts look towards yourself. So look on it on this level. I know as a kid, you see the cartoons with the with the little devil and the little angel, right? The little devil is exactly what the little devil does. Those are all of the negative thoughts and negative feelings, negative emotions that you have towards yourself and just flick them off your shoulder. That's what you do. Just flick Mm -hmm. them off your shoulder. And the way that you do that is you think about and meditate on Philippians chapter four, verse eight. And it is a major help. It has helped me personally through multiple different times. And when you don't know and you're not sure, meditate on it some more. When you don't look and see the results that you want to see and it feels like you're not getting anywhere, meditate on it some more. Play some praise and worship music and just submerge yourself. Put on the audio Bible, submerge yourself in the word of God, stay in his presence because Mm -hmm. that's what's going to help you. And then we have other way. And and also there are other scriptures and this is going to be more than one part. And and I usually know by the end of the episode, if it's going to be more than one part, Um, this is definitely going to be one of those ones that's going to be more than one episode. And so some of the ways that we prevent um, self-sabotage is when we talked about it, be aware of your own negative thoughts and behaviors. And we have life coaches and we have psychologists and therapists and other people that are able to help you. I said it before in many other episodes that it's okay to seek professional help, mm-hmm. especially as a culture of black people. We need to get out of the mindset that you have to be crazy in order to yes. seek a therapist. 
sometimes you just need a therapist because you need somebody to to vent to because you need an unbiased perspective because everybody in your life may be specifically biased towards you. So you have to go to someone outside of who you talk to on a regular basis. Church culture too that will tell you all you need is prayer. God sends people who he has gifted and anointed. So there's nothing wrong with seeing a psychiatrist, seeing a psychologist, getting counseling, and still getting on the altar. There's nothing wrong. I, they have a place hand in hand. So yes. I'm, all, I'm not one of those that <laughs> when I hear this, I it's, it's, I it, it grieves me when you have um, some church cultures that rebuke outside help and like you uh daniela you believe in god you are a believer you're a christian and you are so which means you're skilled and anointed in what you do and so um if we can stop making it taboo these type of things as if you can only believe in one or the other no i bring god into what i do like even with the life coaching, a lot of it is based off of the, the spiritual work because everything happens in the spirit first before it happens in the natural. And so um, we we got to get out of this culture in the church, too, that, that says all you yes. need, all you need is to go get counseling with the pastor or the first lady. And sometimes they don't know what they talking about about on, on the deeper end of things because they can help you with the spiritual but we still live in a natural world. Mm-hmm. And so how do I navigate the natural world? The yeah. natural part of this, you know, I have the spiritual tools you gave me, but how do I navigate the natural part of it yeah. and everything? And so it's one of those things that I'm so glad you said that, Shatwaya, in our community mm-hmm. as Black people and in our community as believers, we have to break this stigma yeah, about because going I mean, and getting help. Yeah, because I mean, think about, think about, you know, no, we we go see physical doctors, right? Mm-hmm. We go see physical doctors for whatever ailments we have, and and everyone knows at this point in time, you know, just through research, that the mind and body very much are well connected, and one impacts the other. And this is how I tell individuals who are either seeking out treatment or they're seeking out a psychologist, they're seeking out a life coach, they're seeking out any type of, of, of counseling is that view it as a mental detox. View it as a way of cleansing your mind of things that are no longer serving you. You know, we think about, you know, when, when we're at a buffet line, right? And we, we pick up the plate and we pick up so many things on that plate, right? And mm-hmm. probably 80% of what we put on our plate probably doesn't belong on the plate, right? right. And so, you know, we're walking around with this plate of stuff that, that probably no longer, it shouldn't actually be on the plate. Mm-hmm. I want people to view therapy that way. I want people to be, view treatment that way. I want people to view life coaching that way, counseling that way, um, in ways that saying, okay, I decided to put everything on my plate, but you know what? The plate's getting kind of heavy and there's a lot that I don't need is actually not good for me. It's actually 
it's actually hindering me from moving forward because I'm not actually at the pace I need to be. But if I laid down some of these burdens, right, mm-hmm. where they need to be laid right at that cross, right? And I love the fact that, you know, I'm not only am I a psychologist, but I'm a spiritual empowerment coach, which also allows me to incorporate because God is always acting through me. And so, you know, I'm easily able to say, you know, lay those burdens at the cross. You know, leave it there. Yes. Those yes. things that are no longer serving you. And, yes. you know, to think that to think that there's something there's something inherently wrong with that, it just boggles no. my mind. Um, I just wish, yes, over time that people will view life coaching, therapy, um, any type of seeking treatment as just as just as less stigmatizing as they do to go into a physical doctor. So let's look at it like this. There's this big boulder right outside the door. You need to get out. You've been trapped in the house. You're out of food. You're out of all of these necessities, but there's a big boulder at the door that's blocking you from getting out, right? It's too heavy for you to carry on your own. You've tried, you've tried, you've tried and everything. So you've sat in that home until you've ran out of the resources and now you need to get out. Now you're at your breaking point. I got to get out. Who doesn't appreciate somebody and say, hey, I can come help you move that. Let me help you. You don't have to move that that boulder on your own. It's too heavy for you to move on it. Let me or let's we can sit and figure out a way that we can get creative to move this out of the way and not break your back doing it. Let's let's do it. And that's what reaching out and getting help is like. It's like somebody saying, let me help you take this boulder so that you can walk through the door to get everything that you need to move forward in life, to thrive, to be successful, to be fed spiritually, emotionally, mentally. All the things you need to survive is outside of this door. Mm-hmm. But those that negativity and that self-sabotage is blocking it. And you're afraid to get help because you don't want anybody to feel like, you're you're incapable or you're crazy or you're whatever these things are but i don't care what you think i'm i'm at this point i'm starving so the analogy i'm physically starving but the reality i'm spiritually starving and 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 Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm ready to eat i'm hungry so i don't care you and your whole crew come help me move this boulder Come help me move this because if not, I'm going to die of spiritual starvation. Because even Moses, who dealt with self, uh, self-negative self thoughts when God called him and, uh, uh, and talked about his speech and how he stutters and these things that he wasn't capable, he sent Aaron to help. Right. He sent, he, and so Moses still got the job done. And even though God called him to him to do it, God says, okay, I'm going to meet you where you're at. I'm not yes. asking you to be perfect and just to say, oh, forget all of this that you're dealing with and walk into this right now. Okay, I'm going to meet you where you're at and I'm going to send you help. So just think of people like Daniela and, and, and people like me and do that do the work that we do as the errands that God sends to help you complete the assignment that God has on your life 
regardless to what you're dealing with internally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love that. Um, I think, oh, yeah, we're kind of out of time tonight. Um, But we are going, like I said, this is going to be an ongoing conversation. And I appreciate it. I didn't I, I didn't do a lot of talking this time because I'm I'm gleaning. I what do you do when God bring wisdom and have somebody that's able to drop nuggets of wisdom? You glean. You get all the information that you can so that you can be better for you and for everybody else because it starts with yourself first. So please remember, remember, remember Queens, if you don't remember anything else, remember that you were built for this. You were built for the assignment that God has for you. I love you all and we will be back again in two weeks. Y'all have a blessed two weeks and I will see you then. Love you all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.